Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. All right, here we go. Flyers Daily for Tuesday, March 1st. Welcome to a new month and what will be a very busy month of hockey. 31 total calendar days in the month of March. Yours truly is going to be his 50th birthday, my 50th birthday. How'd that happen? And 15 NHL Philadelphia Flyers games, which begins tonight with the Edmonton Oilers. How about this? Edmonton, Minnesota, Chicago, Vegas, Florida, Carolina, Montreal, Nashville, Ottawa, New York Islanders, Detroit, St. Louis, Colorado, Nashville, and Minnesota. Those are the 15 games in the month of March. So 15 more in the month of April, going from all the way to the 29th of April with the season ending later on the calendar. Uh, So 30 games remaining, 15 in March, 15 in April. Tonight, Edmonton in town to take on the Flyers. We haven't seen Edmonton and Philly in uh, quite some time. Obviously, last year, they played in the North Division. Flyers didn't play in the North Division, so we didn't see them uh, for any uh, games against last year. One game so far this year, they played way back. Flyers' first road game of this 2021-22 season was in Edmonton, October 27th. Flyers got a 5-3 win in Edmonton on that night. Edmonton was off to a great start to the season. But, boy, they hit a rough patch. They ended up also uh, terminating their head coach, Dave Tippett, and now uh, starting to maybe try and pull the nose up a little bit and get their season back pointed in the right direction. And they're a team right now fighting for a playoff spot. The wild card race in the Western Conference is tight. They are on the outside right now looking in. 61 games or 61 points in 53 games, a record of 29-21-3. They're 6-4 and four in their last 10. They lost their last one coming into this game. That was a 2-1 loss against Carolina this past weekend. Flyers actually come into this game having won their last game. 52 games played, 16-26-10, 42 points, 3-5-2 in their last 10. And like I said, won their last one. That was over the Washington Capitals. 2-1 to one was the final score of that game. Now, when you're facing Edmonton, it's obvious. You got to be on the lookout for Connor McDavid. You got to be on the lookout for Leon Dreisaitl. McDavid leads the NHL, tied for the lead, with Jonathan Huberto of Florida with 75 points. Dreisaitl, one back with 74 points. Just amazing numbers from two great players. And it's really kind of the the case study that hockey is a team sport when you have two players who conceivably in the last five years have been at the top of the NHL points race year in and year out, not just one of them, both of them. And when that happens and you don't have much success from a team standpoint with those two players, that's just the case study right there that hockey is a team sport. It's not about just one or two superstars. Yeah, they're great to have, but you got to have other pieces. The Oilers come into this game tonight. Yeah, they can score. They can absolutely score with those two players. Ninth in the NHL in scoring, 3.26 goals per game. But they also give up the 10th most goals per game at 3.23. Team that's that good offensively and what they can do on the power play is obvious. Third in the NHL on the power play uh, at 26.5%. But the penalty kill, not good. They're a team, actually, that's just one place better than the Flyers. 76.4%, 26th in the NHL. Goaltending's been an issue. Mike Smith is not the goaltender he once was, and he has uh, dealt with some injuries as well. Mika Koskinen, so uh, a team that's probably looking for goaltending. Actually, one of the rumored destinations 
uh, of Martin Jones. Uh, there were some uh, reports that conversations between Ken Holland, who's the GM of Edmonton, and Chuck Fletcher took place earlier, but couldn't come to an agreement at this time. We'll see if that maybe is a landing spot uh, for Martin Jones at some point this season. So it's the Flyers and the Oilers tonight kicking off the month of March, 15 games in the calendar month. But on this episode, really the feature of this episode is not Connor McDavid. It's not Leon Dreisaitl. It's Ian Anderson. He is the Flyers' director of analytics, an an department that has now grown to five persons deep uh, of full-time analytics staff employees. Uh, The organization has made a commitment to analytics and uses the the tool that is analytics to its utmost. Uh, Even Cole Anderson, who was just hired just a little while back, uh, specializes in goaltender analytics. And it's one of those things that, you know, we see the public analytics and we read them. And sometimes the public analytics are a little bit different than team analytics. They are kind of an eye of the beholder, even though it's a scientific or math equation per se. So wanted to learn more about Flyers' use of analytics, how they're gathered, how they're deployed, uh, and all, all the different elements of analytics within the NHL. And I was lucky enough, I asked for just a conversation with someone in the analytics department, Ian Anderson or someone else, just to get some background, uh, but was granted this interview. So with thanks to Chuck Fletcher for granting the interview and for Ian Anderson being able to go on the record and you guys be able to hear directly from him, I think is a, a real real thrill for me, and I know it will be for a lot of people, and it'll be very educational. Now, I will couch this real quick and just say that we're not going to discuss individual players, and we're not going to discuss proprietary elements of their data collection or deployment, but you will get great insight on the Flyers' analytics, use of them, and much more. So here's my conversation with Flyers Director of Analytics, Ian Anderson. We're here on Flyers Daily with a very special guest, the Flyers Director of Analytics, Ian Anderson. Ian, how you doing? Doing well. Thank you for having me. Well, this is a pleasure because I've always said the, the analytics guys are CIA, CIA black ops. <laughs> it's kind of the, the area of in pro sports that has become incredibly important. And we're all, a lot of us, myself included, trying to learn about it. What, what kind of led you down the path? Were you always kind of into numbers and all those kind of things? Yeah, um, I've always been into numbers, um, but more importantly, I grew, I was born and raised outside of Oakland, California. So I was a huge A's fan growing up, and I'm talking, for people out there, I'm talking late 80s and early 90s, you know, Ricky Henderson, the Bash Brothers, that whole era. Uh, I had season tickets growing up and was just a massive fan. Um, So obviously natural progression from that was uh, when I was in college, Moneyball the book, not the movie. There's actually a book out there for people that don't (laughs) know. That's excellent by Michael Lewis, came out in 2003. And that kind of really changed my outlook on how sports are managed and what the uh, influence of data could be uh, from a sporting organization. So that really kind of uh, inspired me to pursue sports as a profession and that's there's a long story that from that point, but that, that's yeah. basically the what was my interest in, in entering this field. So that that's what lit the fire. Yeah. When when did it? When did you kind of realize like, okay, this is the fire that's lit. I'm really intrigued by this, and you've seen the growth of analytics and their use, not only from where it kind of started in baseball and then has integrated into other sports. How did it lead you to hockey? Um, really. Th- 
I started my career with uh, the Washington Capitals in 2007, 2008, roughly. I was working in a different capacity for that team um, in like a team operations role, basically. But through my six, seven years within the team on a day-to-day basis, I just realized talking with the coaching staff and everybody around, the general manager at the time, George McPhee, like, we're not doing any data analysis, really. At that time, no team was, not just the Capitals, but no team that I'm aware of was doing anything um, on a full-time basis. Um, So really, that was like the light bulb kind of went off in my head, and I started asking a lot of questions and basically just said, why don't I do this? <laughs> yeah. And I could be the person to bring this to the table. So you kind of took it on your own. Yes, very much so. Wow, that's very intriguing. Yeah. How's the kind of process of collecting data change? Because, you know, with technology comes more opportunity for accuracy mm-hmm. and accruement of data. How's that kind of changed from when you mentioned there 2006, 2007 with the Caps to 2022 here with the Flyers? Yeah, so just a little bit of background on the data in the National Hockey League and how it differs from other sports. Um, the aggregation, I guess, what we can discuss is in 2007 to 2014, well, it's actually continues to this day, the NHL has a play-by-play uh, uh, that most people are aware of. So those think of that as like box stats. So mm-hmm. hits, goals, assists, turnovers, takeaways. like Almost the, emotionless stats, yeah, right? Yeah, and the stuff that everybody's familiar with that you read about in the in the paper the next day, right? So um, that 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 game level data um, is about 350 400 events per game so each game in the National Hockey League produces let's like an Excel file let's imagine it's an Excel file like 400 rows of data right yeah. um, and then around 2014 when I came to the Flyers the reason I came to the Flyers actually um, was there was a couple companies third-party vendors that develop technology that can actually produce what I call kind of event-based tracking um, using video of all things um, some machine learning and basically it'll tell you a lot more granular details about the game like who's carrying the puck where did mm-hmm. they start and where did they end was it an entry was it a pass what type of pass so now you go from like goals assists hits blocks to like a lot more granular detail and that game level da- data produces about 4,000 events per game. Wow. So it's 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 a 10x, right? Yeah. And and then now starting at the beginning of this season, we're into player tracking, which is an RFID chip uh, each player is wearing around the league. Every player in the league is wearing it. And there's cameras that pick up that signal um, multiple times per second and there's one in the puck as well. And now one level of game data is over a million. Events. Oh my god! So, so it's not 10x anymore; no, it's, it's a gazillion x. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's that. So when you guys get that data dump into this season, and you're getting all of this now, I imagine first and foremost, it's almost there's an excitement to that mm-hmm. um, from an analytics standpoint. But then it's okay. What can we do with all of this? Now we see the public data and different. You know, a lot of it's measured by eye for public sites and mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You know, we're talking about technology now. We're talking about GPS, basically. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't, it's not up to judgment. It's, you know, it is what it is. How much has that kind of changed the game for you guys? It's changed it dramatically. And, and uh, we've recently expanded our department to basically handle um, <laughs> what we believe that this uh, new data set uh, is going to 
bring to not just our team but around the league and broadcast and other things like that but but it's a huge challenge obviously from a computing standpoint from a manpower standpoint um and we need to figure out what is important and what is not important and what things can we pull out immediately and some things are going to take years to develop other things we think that we can um, pull out fairly quickly and put into use um, to help the flyers you know what I mean like in in a very uh, urgent sense right and some things will take longer it just it's it's a massive forest and we need to figure out our way through the forest to do something meaningful quickly So, so part of that equation is okay we have this information how do we put it into play to make us better? Mm-hmm. So, you know, part, part of this podcast is, you know, we're not going to talk about individual players. We're not going to talk about proprietary elements of this mm-hmm. um, for obvious reasons. And especially with this data dump, each team, I imagine, is looking at this information and going, okay, here's what I think we should do mm-hmm. with it. You know, we'll find out who's good and who's not at some point. Yeah. But when you look at it from, you know, you have all this data, measurement on individual players, on tendencies for teams – how is that data then deployed? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think the, the very first thing that you you need to do is approach it from like almost a consulting standpoint. Is mm-hmm. like go to this key stakeholders within the organization and, and ask them questions. There's we have experts at their field in this yeah. organization, right? We have an expert in goaltending. We have an expert in strength and conditioning. We have an expert in coaching. We have an expert This in is all in the analytics department. No, 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 well. no. I'm, okay. I'm saying on our staff. Yeah, yeah. So let's go to those people and say, you know, what are your challenges? What are your things yeah. that are important to you? What are the things that you want to know more about, right? And then it's my job and our staff's job to take that input back to the to our jobs and say, okay, these are the things that are important or that yeah. can. Because I'm trying to answer your question, which is how do we put it in into um, action, right? Yeah. So you need to go to the people that put it into action, and those are the coaches and the specialists and development people on the ice. Um, and if we're not providing the information that they can use and that they can put into action, that whole chain breaks down. So it's really an integrative approach that we're trying to, to accomplish as an organization, and we're just one piece of that whole chain, right? Yeah. So part of it, I, I would imagine, this is kind of the layman of me asking this question, but part of it is knowing, A, how a team may attack you, mm-hmm. and then, B, how you want to attack the opponent. Correct. Um, yeah, and that, that kind of dovetails into how do we use it right so there's some pre-scouting that we're we've been doing this for years now right there's pre-scouting on tendencies of teams and then there's analyzing our team and our players um, similarities of teams and players that are good and bad Mm -hmm. and and what sort of things teams are having success with kind of working backwards from that and figure out how and why and what what they're doing to achieve those results so you guys just hired Two more people. You hired mm-hmm. Cole Anderson, who I, um, in his public life prior to being a part of the Flyers, um, obviously focused on goaltending. He's a former goaltender. Mm-hmm. was a high-level goaltender. Um, you know, that position is, <clears throat> it's been a bit of a voodoo for years. Yeah. It's, you know, the, the goalie position and, and measuring it is so subjective across the board. You know, should a goalie be down in certain situations? The math dictates yes. Some people go, well, you hold his edges, all of those things. You know, the addition of Cole, and not only Cole, but the growth of the department. Mm -hmm. I imagine that the growth of the department is people checking other boxes. There's no redundancy in the analytics department because that would almost be silly. You want people with different skill sets to get this information and to be able to deploy it a different way. 
Exactly. Yeah, it's no different than than building a team or a set of lines on the ice. You you need to have different skills and attributes, right? That mm-hmm. can marry together to make the team better, right? Yeah. So that's what my department I've tried to do in building the skill sets of everybody, um, where they have their strength that other people don't have, right? So in Cole's case, uh, one of the things that's intriguing about him is he spent he has spent years more than anybody that I know of in the public sphere um, dissecting goaltending and developing his own proprietary metrics that are now kind of like publicly accepted by a lot of people in terms of rebounds, expected goals, above and below replacement, things that are in the public domain. He was one of the people at the forefront of doing doing that level of work. He's a data scientist by trade in his, in his previous life now. I guess it's his previous life. Um, so he has really great technical skills. He's yeah. a former goalie, so he understands the position and, and playing and being a part of a team. Um, and then he has, you know, great knowledge of the game through all, through both sides of the ice, yeah. you know, the analyst side, but the player and coaching side. He coaches um, right now um, at, at lower levels, and he's actually had, was a student at our goalie coach Kim Dilbaugh's camp at one point wow. in his life. So there's a lot of great things that I think he's going to bring to the table and to our group, um, not just the analytics team, but the organization as a whole, a yeah. unique perspective being able to play on both sides of, of that, you know. Um, yeah, having that ability to know what stressed you as a goalie, yeah, it, I think is a huge part of it because I talk about it all the time. You know, people go, oh, well, the team got outshot. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care about shots. Mm-hmm. I, I've never been. It's not about quantity. It's about quality. It's about possession and because that determines, to me, exertion levels on a goaltender, which is attrition mm-hmm. and can affect not only current play but future play. Mm-hmm. Um, w- the department now five people deep, and I know you guys have, you know, it's almost revolutionary what you're doing. I mean, y- you make some hires that – judge the metaphysical elements of this too because that data can lead you in those directions as well yeah yeah we're really excited also about um the aspect of utilizing this data for uh player performance on the ice fatigue um injury prevention um when players are coming back from injury how do they how are they comparing to when prior to the injury and things like that um We've hired Katie Yates, who is director of analytics of UMass Hockey right now, won a national championship with that team. Um, she's been with them for two years. Prior to that was with BU Hockey, worked on David Quinn's staff. Um, and she has a lot of experience in this area and has done an internship with the Boston Bruins, focusing on this with their strength and performance staff as well. So that's one of the areas that we've brought her on board to help us um, view this not just from you know putting the puck in the net or stopping the puck in the net but like how can players move more efficiently um, what can we get out of that to provide that level of data and information to our strength performance medical staff whoever it might be to help them make better decisions as well so that's really all it is is aggregating information quickly and efficiently getting it into the right stakeholders hands so that they can as the practitioners can um, make better decisions and help athletes I, I imagine that could also help in young player development you know hey yeah. there's a you need more bursts like we would need to work on your explosive abilities and those kind of things to create more time and space for you on the ice 
Yeah, the, the opportunities honestly are endless, yeah. and those are all the things we're exploring. We I have a great relationship with our, our player development staff, and and they actually come up with a lot of you know, like amazing ideas and things that they see um, as well. And 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 really, it's just translating what are the successful attributes and and things that we can dissect players are doing and then taking that information the player development staff and saying hey these are some of the things we're seeing at the pro level at the American Hockey League level if our players can get better at these it's leading to a greater chance of success in these areas and having that conversation back and forth it, when is it it's almost you want to accentuate what a player does well and kind of not mask but you know take away what they don't do well so you want to mm-hmm. kind of do more of what you do great and do less of what you don't do great, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's honestly, every situation is unique. And yeah. so sometimes, I think you're right, it's accentuating the good. Sometimes it's getting what they don't do well up to a level that can translate, right? So it's some in some cases, it's if this person doesn't get better in this area, we don't believe they can be successful at the NHL level, regardless of how good they are at mm-hmm. um the thing they're best at so every situation is unique um, but I think it's really going to benefit not just the organization not just the staff um, but the players themselves you know is highlighting some areas and looking for ways that they can get better which makes their career better which makes the team better and it it, it kind of we're all moving in the same direction at that point I I imagine the deployment of all this data I mean I can't imagine that you ever come home from work for a day and go yeah it wasn't that busy today Mm -hmm. I mean you have the trade deadline coming up you know the team's scouting young players this team's scouting other players whether they're going to make a move for uh, an expiring contract with a player that they have right now to take on a young player uh, and then you have the draft and the and the analytics of those players and I mean I imagine this just never ends from your players to opponents to potential uh, players that you may target in acquisition to players you may draft I mean I can't uh, it seems to me like what you're looking at and what you're analyzing is anybody who puts on skates. Yeah, it's the number one <laughs> question I get when you talk to friends or family that don't understand what you do for a living is like, what do you do in the off season? And there is no off season. Oh, that's probably busier. <laughs> it's in a lot of ways, you're 100% right that it's our busiest time of year for all the reasons you outline in terms of recapping the season, projecting forward, free agency, combine, draft interviews, the draft itself. Um, like you name it and then you're then you once that cycle ends you're preparing for the upcoming season so what what can we do to provide information to the coaching staff to make sure next year's team is better or can improve in certain areas so uh, it really never ends it's 12 months a year Um, but we wouldn't have it any other way you know me and my staff we all love what we do and we love working for this organization and and we have you know a tremendous amount of sport starting from the top all the way down um so that makes our jobs easier as well um is hockey has hockey and the nhl um kind of grown to a point now where maybe they're not getting their peak value just yet but you're working towards getting your peak value as you kind of navigate these waters with the data dump and everything else yeah i think there's still a ton of room for growth not just in hockey but in all of sport right so soccer um, basketball, baseball. I, I talk to many people that are my counterparts in those different sports, and they're learning something new every day. It, it, yeah. This is a lifelong endeavor of, of, you know, 
pursuing insight from this data and, and the game is constantly changing players are constantly changing so you're there's always something new to track down and, and determine so um, I, I think where we've come a, a really long way um, as an organization and as a sport from like I said this really all started in 2014 that's not a lot of time no. you know that's eight years where we're from there to here um, so we've come a long way but there's still a ton of work to be done there's still a ton of opportunity out there and that's what gets me really excited about what I see the next five to six years um, of work to be done in this area I think is really exciting yeah I imagine it's exciting for you as well with the department growing and the commitment to mm-hmm. what you guys are doing that's got to be something that you know just feels good you're you're growing the department which means to me that the information you're providing is of value yeah 100 percent. And, and that started to be honest it all started back when i came to the flyers in 2014 um from a commitment of ed snyder I would not be with the Flyers if it wasn't for him. Yeah. And uh, I believe I was the second or third uh, full-time analytics staff member hired in that summer. Um, I was hired in around May, I believe it was. And then there were some teams that hired uh, over that summer, about half the teams maybe. I ended the summer with one staff member. But um, Mr. Snyder made a huge commitment at the time, not just in myself, but in this uh, endeavor. Uh, financial commitment Mm -hmm. um, as well as Ron Hextall um, was a huge proponent of building this out and bringing me on board so I owe a lot of gratitude to those two people to you know start this initiative within the Flyers um, and to see where we started then to where we are now um, is huge and 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 to be honest like Chuck Fletcher also um, could have came in as a new general manager when he took over for Ron and either scaled back or gotten rid of us. That would have been his prerogative to do that, and he doubled down. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so again, I, I think across the board, and, and Dave too, um, with the passing of Mr. Snyder and Dave Scott coming on board, he could have also said, "Why are we spending money in yeah. this area? Right? This isn't what are we doing here?" And instead of doing that, scaling back, he doubled down also. So, um, the support for over the years from different managers and different kind of lead of the organization has been tremendous and, and I'm truly thankful for that because I think it's uh, obviously worth worthy pursuit. Well, Ian, I thank you for your time because th- I think this is going to be tremendously educational. It was to me educational. Um, I'm not, I avoided math class with everything I had. I just wasn't good at it, right? So yeah. you wanted to avoid it. Um, but I'm incredibly more and more intrigued by the analytics conversation, how it can be deployed, how it can be used to do the thing that we're all here to do, and that's win games. So mm-hmm. thanks for the time today. Uh, best of luck, and uh, this was awesome. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. really appreciate you having me. I hope everybody found that as educational as I did. Uh, as one of a kind of – I'm a bit of an old-school guy, and, you know, I probably resisted analytics um, to a pretty good – a pretty large degree for a period of time. Steve Valiquette was a guy who kind of peeled my eyes back to it because he appealed to something that I felt like I could understand from a different standpoint, which was analytics regarding, you know, shots on goal and how all shots that are taken on a goalie are not created equal, that there are certain shots which are literally nothing for a goaltender, a clear-sighted long shot from the blue line. And the fact that people were looking at that in the same way they were looking at a rebound attempt or a cross-ice pass to a one-timer 
and judging those saves equally was something that I just couldn't I couldn't make sense of that being equal. And when you know t- twenty four points of data is what Steve Valquette uses to come up with his expected goals model, and that really kind of peeled back the onion for me. Got me interested in analytics more. I'm not one of those math guys who really understands those elements of it to a very high degree. It's just not the way my brain is wired. I'm more right-brained and creative and uh, not left-brained and analytical. But uh, I thank Ian Anderson for coming on and sharing the information that he did on this podcast. I think it was very educational. I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. And also thanks to Chuck Fletcher for even allowing it. Analytics departments in the NHL, team employees – they don't get to speak to the media. They don't get to speak on the record. Chuck Fletcher has given me that access, and I really appreciate it. He gives me the access of talking to scouts, and that's something that you will hear very rarely as well Why, while a scout is employed with a specific team. So that kind of access, I think, is really important. And one of the things I wanted to really take on with this podcast, uh, to peel back those layers of the onion, to kind of look at how the organizations are run, how teams are run, and all of those elements. And I think today, this was a good episode and uh, hopefully accomplished exactly that. So everybody, thanks for listening. Appreciate it. I hope you got something out of the Ian Anderson interview. Flyers and Oilers tonight. We'll break it down tomorrow on another brand new episode of Flyers Daily.